0: Hi everyone, I'm Mike. And I'm Jeremy. Welcome to House Calls, a podcast where we take your questions on all things related to homes, design, or anything else about buildings and the places people dwell.
1: Call 1-800-511-6842 to get your questions answered.
0: And remember, the advice might only be worth what you paid for it.
1: We have a follow-up phone call, Mike. With who? With who? Todd.
0: What was this about? I don't remember.
1: So it's always something with you.
0: Todd with who? I don't
1: know. He had the water tank, and he was debating whether or not he was going to replace the tank or replace the blower motor yes. on the exhaust.
0: We had a debate about this, Yes. Didn't we? Do you
1: remember who who gave what advice?
0: No, I told him, don't get rid of the old stuff. The good old stuff.
1: That's right. And do you remember what I said? You said, ditch the old stuff. Yeah, it's like 18 years old or something ridiculous. Yeah, you were
0: like, no way. So, Jeremy, did he call in for an update?
1: He did. He called the 800 number. Left a message. As like a follow-up, basically. No way. Okay,
0: perfect. Let's call him.
2: Hello? Is this Todd? It is.
0: Todd. Todd, What's going on? Not much. How are you
2: today?
1: Good. We wanted to have this little follow-up that we were talking about.
0: Jeremy just reminded me it was a hot water heater.
1: Actually, it's a cold water heater. It doesn't heat hot water. I think it's it's kind of a misnomer to call it a... Hot water heater, isn't it?
0: Okay. So it's a water, hot water heater. Maker. It's a hot,
1: hot water tank? Cold water heater?
0: It's a water heater.
1: It's a water heater.
0: And Todd, if I remember right, you had an old unit mm-hmm. and you were thinking replace it new or upgrade the good old stuff. And I, if I remember right, Jeremy said, get a new one. Get a new energy efficient, blah, 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 latest, greatest, five ninety nine, Call now. where prohibited by law. And I said, no way. Don't get rid of that good old stuff. What'd you do?
2: I repaired it. You
0: repaired the good old repaired stuff? Repaired
2: it. Yep. The good old unit. The uh, exhaust fan, if you remember, the bearings were starting to squeal.
0: Yes. And
2: uh, I sourced a replacement fan. Uh-huh. Uh, and motor, it was really the motor, the bearings and the uh, drive.
0: What did you source it?
2: I actually found it online. Amazon? Um, it's an old, no, no, <laughs> actually a, a distributor. Nice. Um, it's an old uh,
0: state brand.
2: And, you know, after some internet searching with serial numbers and all that, found the replacement unit.
0: What did it cost you? Uh, 230
1: uh, 230 bucks. You could have had a brand new tank for probably 600
0: Yeah, that's 400 more
1: yeah but it's
2: is it, the tank's 18 years old i think not installed true
0: Oh, true
2: i would have had to have it installed that one's a little i mean i could have tried it but maybe a little beyond uh me i also travel a tremendous amount for work mm-hmm. so i didn't want the family dealing with it mm-hmm. when it quit and uh, so i so, did it, it so was an easy switch out
0: is it worth it is it, okay? is it doing okay is it doing okay
2: it's doing great, it's doing great. Running like a champ, got hot water, it's quieter, it's got a higher RPM than the old one, higher and it's RPM. gonna
1: blow up next week because it's so old. Oh, yeah, <laughs> next week, course. I'm gonna
2: be calling into the show <laughs> asking for a
1: recommendation
2: <laughs> on a So, let's
0: just clarify you followed Mike's advice versus Jeremy's advice.
2: Oh, uh, I guess so. I guess and that's you, why I'm guess. upset. Yep,
0: I think. Todd, honestly, I think he followed your advice because if I remember the call, you were set on maybe updating this good old stuff anyway, and I was just rooting for you. So, way to go. Yep. Way to go. Yep, exactly. Todd, I can't thank you enough for letting us follow up with this. Yeah, we appreciate and, it, uh, even though
1: in. I was ignored. That's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, we'll talk to you soon. If you have any other questions, make sure you call one 800 6842 and give us a ring, all right? Will do. All right. Thanks, Todd. Todd thanks so appreciate much.
2: it. All right, Jen. Yep. All
0: right. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye.
1: His tank's going to go like next week. I know it. No
0: way. It's 18
1: years old. It's no way, insane. Man.
0: No way. If he's got good water, that thing will last. Dude, that thing will last 50 years. I don't think so. Oh, 50 yeah. years.
1: 50 years. No, there's no. Uh, Whatever. A water tank's not going to last 50 years. Whatever. All right. Mike, who's next? We have Quinn.
0: Where's she calling from? She's calling from a place called Truxton, New York. Truxton, New York. I can't wait. I bet you. I'm going to place a bet, Jeremy. I am going to bet that she either is related or knows someone that is going to be a contractor. How much you want to bet?
1: None, nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sucked.
1: Everybody. See, that's a terrible bet. Everybody knows a contractor. Well, most people do. Yeah. Quinn, this is Jeremy and Mike from the House Calls Podcast. How are you?
0: Good. How are you? Hey, Quinn. We're
3: doing all
1: right. What's going on with your house?
3: Well, I have a room downstairs that my stepson lives in, and it is all brick. The room was, when we bought the house, it was built in the 70s, and it was an addition. It was once a greenhouse. Um. And it's all brick, and there's a sliding glass door, and there's a breeze coming through the sliding glass door. There's no insulation. And so in the wintertime, we keep the door shut, and my stepson doesn't sleep in there because it's too cold. So I'm wondering, um, what is the best way to insulate it without completely taking apart the room and redoing it?
0: Mm -hmm. This is a great question. It's a sliding door, isn't it? It is a sliding door. So we want to get rid of the door. Which, which I know we can do, but what about the
3: brick? I mean, even the ground, the floor is brick. And we have rugs on it, but that, it's still freezing cold in the winter. It's br- the floor is brick? That's incredible.
1: It was, she said it was a greenhouse. Oh. So lots of windows, sliding door, brick floor, cold, cold, cold. Yeah. Quinn, where do you live?
3: Uh, in between Truxton and Tully, on top of the ski mountain, so it's really cold.
0: Okay. This well, is, first things first.
1: I know this is, like, right in your wheelhouse, Mike, because you're all over, like, the insulation, building science. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, but it's brick on the inside, which means it's it's masonry straight through to the outside, right? There's no insulation or anything in the brick wall.
1: Yeah, and tell us, what's the siding on the outside of this yeah. bedroom greenhouse?
0: Our whole house, it's
3: we have vaulted ceilings. It gets very cold. We heat with wood stoves. Um, and it's, while we've done an enormous amount of updating, uh, everything, everything on the outside is some kind of old paneling. Um, and I believe the guy that built it essentially used more paneling as his form of insulation. So we don't actually have any proper insulation, fiberglass, or whatever, it's, whatever it is out there.
0: Mm.
3: So my, my guess is it's brick against some siding and maybe some plywood or something like that.
1: So as far as the floor goes, this is how I would insulate the floor. And you also to some degree have to think backwards from what the finished floor is gonna be mm-hmm. to some degree. right? I would take that brick floor and put down pressure treated two by fours as sleepers. So you're just gonna lay them on the floor, glue them or fasten them with proper fasteners And then between those sleepers, which are laying flat on the floor, 16 inches apart, you're going to put an inch and a half of rigid insulation. And then you're going to cap the whole thing with a plywood subfloor. So you basically have a insulated floor. It's not going to be great, but it's going to be a lot better than just brick on presumably a concrete slab.
0: I would do exactly what Jeremy suggested but with one or two steps in between first i would lay a layer of plastic down on the bottom of the floor bingo before you put those sleepers down because that keeps moisture down and cold moisture is no good just ask the people in england two uh when you put that subfloor down jeremy how crazy this is not orthodox but how crazy would it be to use zip r as the subfloor
1: yeah, it's an exterior wall sheathing. It's a four-by-eight sheet good that's laminated. Let's just say it's two-ply. One one of the plies is essentially like uh, plywood. It's o- oriented strand board, OSB. The other ply is rigid insulation, and it's sandwiched at the factory. I was actually thinking about that. Mm. However, yeah. I think it's going to flex too much as a subfloor because zip are zip the actual... Plywood section of it mm-hmm. is only seven sixteenths, and I think a good subfloor should be three quarters of an inch thick. I love the idea. I, I think it's not a great subfloor idea.
0: And here, this leads me to this leads me to my next thing, though. Instead of laying the sleepers down, why not just lay the plastic down and the zip r right on the floor, and then on top of that, why not run zip r up your brick walls on the interior? and then sheetrock that zip R straight up. So now you have a layer of insulation up the walls and under the floor, and you have a fully insulated room where there was once brick.
1: I think that's a great idea. I think there might be some fastening limitations, but Quinn, take a look at um, your local lumber yard, your local supply house, and, and just ask about zip R. Do you have a contractor, by the way, that, that you work with? I, I do. Okay. I married one. Oh, you married one of us. Shame on you. <laughs> <I did. laughs> Let me ask you a question. Why did you Does do such a thing? Does stuff get
0: done, <laughs> but never finished?
1: <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> you, you're going to have to talk. For
0: my birthday
3: or Christmas, I asked yeah, for things to be fixed. So nice. far, it's
1: going great. Nice. <laughs> so I, I think really the, the gist of it is. You gotta, you gotta insulate it. You have to make some sort of nail base for your floor and for your walls. Okay. I think that the zip bar, it's from Huber, H-U-B-E-R. Check that out, talk to your husband about it. Okay. Tell him you called the House Calls podcast and that was the sound advice that we gave you. I, there's gotta be a backstory here. If your husband's a contractor, he's gotta have some sort of solution.
0: Hey, listen, you can lay zip bar up the walls on the floor and then put a substrate over it if you didn't think that OSB true. was good enough. That's so, true. I mean, the Zip-R sounds like the solution for this room without a full remodel. Yeah,
1: and if not Zip-R, definitely, I'm a big fan of rigid insulation. And there's, there's, you know, how many ways are there to skin a cat?
0: Yeah, but, you know, you'd have to tape all that to keep the moisture out. It gets complicated. Then you got to worry about bridging and et cetera. Uh, yeah. If you use Zip-R, no bridging. As long as you tape it. So, well, remember you got plastic down too. That's true. Yeah,
1: yeah, because Quinn put plastic down on that brick first.
0: Yep. Quinn, have right, we helped no, you out? Does.
1: Did did we did we answer your question?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, so just to clarify, I'm either going to use zip r or some rigid insulation or one of those things. My husband certainly has many ideas, but I know he'll appreciate some other perspectives. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, everything, floor and walls, are going to be covered by sheetrock, and, and, and you'll never know.
1: Floors? You're going to sheetrock your floors? I don't know. What do I put on the floor? She- I guess sheetrock. Can- Make sure it's 5.8. <laughs> no, <laughs> no would- I don't know. A bed- i Pre-finished hardwood, carpet. Carpet might be a good idea. Might- I would
0: use laminate floor that has the foam on it. You get yet oh, another yeah. layer of insulation. Yeah, it's minimal, though. Still, I'll take what I can get in a brick bedroom.
1: I'd, I'd put carpet down. I think psychologically it'll make the place feel warmer.
0: Yeah. Could I just do
3: a, a giant floor rug? And if so, wait, what is that going on top of?
0: It's going on top of the zip bar. When you get off the phone here, go to okay, Google okay. and Got just it. Google ZipR, Z-I-P- Okay. It's a sheet good. Dash R. It's a sheet good. It's a building material. It's a ready-made insulated sheet good. It's perfect perfect in every way yeah it is it really is and actually that room will be technically quote unquote very well insulated after this that's fantastic and then we just have
3: to replace the door yeah um again that's this great is, that's super duper helpful yeah this Bless is we're a, able to help you. this is
0: a little bit of an inventive way to do it but that's what that's what i would do me personally sounds good thanks a lot guys hey, we appreciate the call thanks quinn, quinn. quinn thank you so much for calling have a good one thanks hey, you, you as too. well bye bye Jeremy, how about that call? Do I win a medal or
1: what? I don't know about a medal, but I love that you thought out of the box on that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that zip bar laying flat on the concrete is going to work real nice. It might flex, but I don't know. Mm, yeah, it's polyiso. It depends what its PSI rating is, but I would imagine that as long as the weight is dispersed... Again, sitting flat on the concrete. I think it's
1: going to be fine. And it's just an ante room is what it sounds like. Yeah.
0: Ante room. Mm, (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's get moving here.
1: Mike. Yeah. In episode three. Don't remember. That was like ages. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking to Todd about the metric system. Do you remember? Trust diamonds? Trust diamonds. (laughs) Trust diamonds, yeah. And just the metric system in general. Yes, 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 yes. And I think I'm going to have to put you on the spot and correct you. Oh. And I brought some notes with me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Okay. I was recently listening to the Fine Home Building podcast. Oh, nice. Go ahead. And I have to give them credit. In episode 118, Mm -hmm. they were talking about the metric system. Nice. Now, what you had told Todd was that we are the last country to use standard or imperial for construction. Correct? Is that not true? It's not true. No. Canada... Canada uses imperial. No, they standard. No, they don't. This uh, and now I took some notes, so I'm going to mention you it You got to be too. kidding
0: me, really? Here we go.
1: Related to construction. Yeah. When talking units of measure. Yeah. Feet and inches. Yeah. They do everything the same that we do.
0: Get out of here.
1: And one of the reasons is because they are such a large exporter. That's
0: right. Of to building the US, materials. Yeah. In fact, most of our plywood comes from Canada. And a lot of our and just a lot of our dimensional lumber. lumber.
1: Yeah. Feet and inches are the same.
0: Yeah, but hold on. You're saying that universally throughout the country, they use-
1: On job sites,
0: feet no, and inches. Wait. So if they build a skyscraper, they're building in feet and inches.
1: Uh, I don't know. That wasn't clear to me in listening to, the, to their podcast. My takeaway was more that it was for like what we do, like remodeling.
0: This is great. You know what? We should put this link up on the website when this podcast goes up. That's a good idea. Yeah, we're gonna cross reference. Maybe we're they'll gonna, put our link we're up. Gonna, maybe they will. <laughs> we're gonna plug for a fine home building because they could use it. You know what I mean? They could. We could. We could support them.
1: So apparently, the only time that they use meters on a construction site, yeah, is sometimes with wire, like yeah. Romex, right? Electrical wire, right? But that it very, very infrequent. Interesting. In gasoline, they do use liters. They do. Okay, but people when people talk to each and they other, they measure
0: their speed in kilometers. But yes. Go ahead.
1: Weights and measures for human beings, yeah. feet and inches, and
0: pounds. Mm, that seems like a very broad state. I'm not trying to uh, question fine mm-hmm. home building, but we're going to have to dig into we this can, a little.
1: You want to take it even a little further? I've been to Canada many times. It's a great country, isn't it? It really is. You want to take it one step further? Do it. Across the pond. The chippies. Do you know what a chippy is? No. I guess that's what they call carpenters. Guys that work with wood are called Chippies. chippies. They Where, in Britain? Yes. They apparently... These guys, like, never mind. They apparently use a hybrid where they, where the, uh, how should I say this? The thickness and width of the board, meaning a two by four, is said backwards. So they would say four by two. Okay. But the length they would call out in meters or millimeters. Is that crazy or what? We need to take a trip. So, they instead of saying like a two by four eight or a two by four 96, 96 inch, okay. I get it. they would say a four by two 700
0: okay. or a four by two 1200. All right. So, I have a request from all the listeners out there. If you're in Canada and you know anything about this build trade, be it commercial or residential, we want to hear from you. If you have information on Imperial measurements being used in Canada or metric system being used in Canada for building purposes. We want to hear you call in 1-800-511-6842. I can't wait to hear what comes through.
1: Michael. Jeremy. We have a phone call from Elizabeth Ann. In regards to? A propane water heater. Outside. So,
0: in case she catches her house on fire, this is all you.
1: Fine, go.
4: <laughs> Hello?
1: Elizabeth Ann, this is Jeremy and Mike calling from the House Calls Podcast.
4: Hi, how are you guys?
1: Excellent, how are you?
4: I'm fine, thanks.
1: What's going on in your house?
4: Oh, well, I have this outdoor water heater, a propane water heater for my outdoor shower. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We've had it for a couple of years and it's under an enclosure. I mean, like it has a little shed roof over it, but um, I can't seem to get it to work and heat the water. I know there's propane in the tank and um, it clicks as if the pilot wants to work,
0: mm-hmm.
4: but it doesn't seem to catch. And after trying a couple of times, it smoked a little bit and I thought maybe some debris got in there, you know, or leaves or something like that and they would burn off. But then I got a little scared.
0: <laughs> mm. Okay. All right. This sounds... This sounds simple, relatively simple. Are you ready? I'm ready. It sounds like now you said this is outside, right?
4: That's right. It just all it has to protect it from the elements is just a small slanted, you know, roof over it. It's not a big unit at all. It's like size of a bread box.
0: Yeah, enough for for a quick shower. So, okay. Right. So you turn it on. You hear click, 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 which means it's trying to throw a spark to light the propane, and you don't hear the when it fires up, right? So you're missing that part. I, I love those sound effects. That's right. Cool. So, all right. This is what it sounds like to me. I'm going to get right to it, Jeremy. I'm totally going to elbow you out of this call. You ready? <laughs> um, what I think happened is you have a couple critters who have cozied themselves up in the little part mm. where the sparker... Where the blower is, where the blower for the propane is, and the little sparker happens. And that little smoke you saw was, you know, their house going up in flames, basically. (laughs) It probably sparked a couple times, caught their little, you know, their nest. They probably moved on, don't worry. But uh, (laughs) caught their little nest and dryer lint and anything else and just gave like a little puff of smoke. So if you know where that sparker is, you might want to just jump, you know, you might want to open it up and just clear it out. And it it also might be a good idea every spring to, you know, open that up and just make sure nothing over the winter kind of made a nest in there.
4: Yeah, which I think you're right. I imagine it did because it's just this, you know, exterior, it's probably a choice location for a little mouse because it's protected and it's still outside. But I'm wondering why, like I could see the, the, the pilot light, I could see the little flame and then it caught whatever it did on fire. And then why didn't it continue to try? Like after it burnt that out, did it, did I break something by continuing to burn through whatever was there?
1: I don't think so. I think that the orifice that the propane comes out of might just have some organic material in it. You know, if there are critters living in there or adjacent to it, I think it might be a good idea to take some hardware cloth, which is basically like a metal screen. Right, And if you can, even crudely, try to wrap that area so that little critters don't get in, which will maybe keep the critters out. It's not necessarily going to keep organic material out, but it might keep critters out, and it might keep critters out from nesting. Right. As long as it's outside, it's just not going to be a clean environment.
0: Until you open that thing up, you're not going to know why it wouldn't keep going or, or heat it up. You definitely have to take that little cover off. Usually it has a cover on it. So... You said you can see the spark, you can see the flame, but can you see all of it or is it under something?
4: No, it's pretty contained in there. I mean, it has along the top, horizontally along the top, there is like a hinged lid aside from the the roofing material that we built over it. So that hinged lid can swing enough out of the way so I can peek in there and see a bunch of metal vertical slats. That must, you know, they almost act like when you hear that ping, ping, ping sound when the heat comes on in the winter, they almost look or act like those fins. So I can see some of that. But then looking, if I'm sitting on the ground and I look up, I can just see a bit of the pilot light, not really any of the guts in there to see. And I didn't want to start to take it apart before I talked to you guys.
0: Try to open it up as much as you can. Try to get as much view as you can. And if you have an air compressor, even a small one, Mm -hmm. make sure you have, like, a good blower nozzle that goes on the air compressor. And I would use the air compressor down through those fins and try to blow anything out of there. After you've looked at it and pulled out any, like, large debris or anything like that that they put in it, I would definitely try to blow it out the best you can because it might not be one critter you might have a whole bunch of critters because those fins also work the other way so think about it in the winter time even if the heater is not working those fins are still kind of radiating heat for them if they build a little nest those fins are kind of creating a nice space for them it's like having your a radiator a radiator in their house for them right
1: i think the long and the short of it is, is it's just going to it it sounds like it's just going to be an ongoing maintenance thing Right, it's just it's something you're gonna to have to just monitor each spring. I think more frequently.
0: Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think she you should check it at least right. once a month. Once a month. Yeah. yeah. So you might want to create an easy easy access.
4: Yeah, and but I think I like the suggestion of putting the hardware cloth along the top because then it still allows air to come in, but it would definitely create a barrier from you know I mean an acorn and all of this larger stuff that an animal would want to have in its nest, you know, won't get in there. So maybe that, but I think you guys are right. I I probably have to take a little more maintenance care of it than I have. I just assumed, you know, when I wanted it to work, it worked. And now I know I have to, (laughs) you know, (laughs) take care of it a little better.
0: Real quick story, Uh, one day I get in my truck and I turn on the air conditioner and my whole dashboard starts vibrating. Like, I mean vibrating, like physically, visually vibrating, like. Sounds exciting. And it made this big buzzing sound and I didn't know what the problem was. So I pulled down the fan Yep. Of the blower, I found the blower motor Went on YouTube, of course, that's what everybody does, right? <laughs> so I found the fan and I pull it down and there was a mouse in there <laughs> that was throwing the balance off so much that it, I don't know how he got in there, but it threw the balance off so much it made my whole dash vibrate. But uh, the real question is, how do
1: you know it was a he?
4: You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, these these things are relentless, you know. These buggers. You gotta you gotta give them some respect, you know. Absolutely.
1: Well, hopefully, we've been able to um, to help you and put you in the right direction.
4: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think the cool thing is that I think uh, you guys helped me figure it out on my own, and I can solve the problem now, which is a really good feeling. So. Cool. Excellent.
1: That. Now go tell everybody about the House Calls <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you got
0: it. Thanks.
4: You got it. Thanks, Thank Liz you so me. much.
0: We appreciate it. Yeah,
4: have a great day. Thanks, you too. Take care. Bye.
0: All right. Well, of course, if she goes poking around with the hardware cloth, you know, just maybe have a professional close by and make sure you, you, know, you don't catch anything on fire or whatever. Do you think hardware cloth is going to catch fire? I don't know. You never know. It's made of metal. Yeah, but so is steel wool and that stuff. You build fires with it. I didn't know that. (laughs) All right, Jeremy. So that wraps up one more show, one more episode of House Calls Podcast. I can't believe we keep getting these callers and we just have an endless source of information for them. And you're so humble about it, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we're already on episode 33. This is amazing. Oh, is that how many now? No. Yeah. I think we're at six.
0: Hey, listen, thanks everyone for calling House Calls Podcast. We really appreciate all the calls. We love answering your questions. There's a mystery around every corner. We want to help you solve them. So, again, as always, please call in at 1-800-511-6842.
1: If you've been listening, you should be calling one 800 511 six eight four two everybody's got a house related question if you don't you're lying to yourself give us a call we'll help you figure it out 51-6842. One, one, call today and in the infamous words of mike wentland be good thanks for listening to the house calls podcast Recorded at Silver Hollow Audio with your hosts, Mike Wentland and Jeremy Castle. This episode was produced by Brett Barry. Production assistant, Zach Bell.
0: Distributed by Anchor. Thanks to our program sponsor, Drive28.com, with free audio driving tours through the Catskills.
1: Be sure to click that subscribe button and call us so we can feature your home question on the show. 1-800-511-6842. That's one 800
4: 6842 Until next time, thanks for tuning in.